Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, it 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the best of two pros in a cup of joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. By the way, I was going to mention this to you guys, by the and way. Um, I don't want to catch you off guard. I don't want anybody to be surprised by this okay. or alarmed, but right. um, it's a football Friday. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. Friday, Friday night is a long Friday. Friday. Yeah. Uh-huh. Football yeah. Friday. Uh-huh. Tiger Woods. Football. Two yeah. over par. Nice. He's yes. going. Yeah. It is going a, deep. It is going a football deep. Friday here. Yes, oh, he wait, is. Wait. Oh, I thought it was On football. Fox Sports Radio here on Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. It's a football Friday. And so, of course, on a football Friday, it makes all the sense in the world to st- Start with the Masters. I mean, why wouldn't we start with the Masters? Lavar, <laughs> hop on you this piano worst, stool. You are the worst. Start oh. banging away because we've oh, got the Masters. Yeah, the right. azaleas. Yep. All the other fun stuff. The fake the bird noises. The Iggy azaleas. Yeah. And we start with a a heartwarming tale at the Masters. Yep. What is it? A man like Harold no Varner. Other. <laughs> Harold Varner, who is certainly sitting at even par, teeing off later this hour, tied for 37th at Augusta National. And you're probably thinking to yourselves, why are we starting with the guy who's tied for 37th if his name isn't Tiger Woods? <laughs> well, it's because Harold Varner had the quote of all quotes. In an interview with the Washington Post, Harold Varner, who is one of the 18 golfers playing at the Masters who defected to go to the Live Tour, for a reported $15 million signing bonus. Hmm. Now, the exact number of the contract, we don't know, but we do know the signing bonus, and it was $15 million. When he made the decision in August, Harold Varner said, quote, the truth is my life is changing. The opportunity to join Live Golf is simply too good of a financial breakthrough for me to pass by. I know what it means to grow up without much. This money is going to ensure that my kid and future Varners will have a solid base to start on. Your opinion of me may change because of this announcement. No lie, that'll be a tough thing to deal with. But I haven't changed. I'm still me. I promise you that. Hmm. Now, he did speak with the Washington Post, and he's talked with the Washington Post about some of the comments made by live golfers who said they left to go to the live tour to grow the game. And the very heartwarming Harold Varner said the following, quote, they're full of bleep. They're growing their pockets. I tell them all the time, all of them, you didn't come here to effing grow the effing game, end quote. So a little bit of brutal honesty from Harold Varner and his $15 million he took from the live tour. How about it? Well, honesty is what it is. I mean, that's the reality of it. You know, he's not afraid to say it. Other people obviously afraid to say it. Um, it. the hard thing about the decision a lot of these people made is, you know, there's a there's a moral or ethical consideration because of where the money's coming from, right? It, it's the Saudi-backed Live Golf Tour, 
and it's it's backed by the Saudi uh, gov- uh, sovereign fund, which a lot of people will tie that back to 9/11 and where some of the funds came from for you know the, the terrorist attacks that occurred. And there's a lot of people who you know are, are very frustrated and saddened and angered by the decision for these players to do it because of that. Um, and and so if you if you strip that away. And then you just look at it purely from a financial sense for these individuals. You know, it, it's, it's a good deal for them. They get guaranteed money in a sport that doesn't offer that, at least not until a lot of these guys moved on to the Live Golf Tour and that came about before you now start to see the PGA Tour start to take care of guys and at least give them a minimum amount or like a salary they'll get, you know, throughout the year. I mean, it's the only sport you can think of where you could show up for work every single weekend and not make anything. If you, if you don't, if, you, if you're on the PGA tour and you don't make a cut outside of your sponsorships, which is largely probably paying for you and your caddies travel. That's it. You know, you're not making very much money if anything, and it could be a really, really rough deal for you. So for some of these players that, you know, went over to, to take the money, if you're talking about from a purely financial standpoint, you could see why they do it. And at least he's being honest about it. It's refreshing, you yeah, know. Don't expect any feedback from me. I'll tell you that. Uh, why? What? Q, Q, and you, y'all, y'all got this one. Uh, okay, I'll well, tell you that. So now, uh, now, obviously, the live, <laughs> the live golfers, and and some of the guys on the PGA Tour have taken shots at, at them leaving and going there, and it, it's been very controversial for everybody involved. Varner did, though, uh, he spoke with the Washington Post about just sort of how the PGA Tour is upset that Live Golf may be cutting into their bottom line. And he said the following, they're just mad that you're effing with their money. I think some people are jealous, and that's just the way it is. The tour has made it where they say it's not about the money. I don't care what anyone says. It's about the damn money. And also, I think some of the golfers on the PGA Tour have probably changed their tune a little bit. Was it Roy McIlroy, who's who's soft? softened up a little bit because I think they've all acknowledged, you know, the fact that there was competition kind of made us change the way we do things. And and, and didn't they add in a little bit uh, like the winnings and, and some of the money that was available at the PGA tour actually grew because of live golf. So it's not like live golf just went in, took a bunch and said, screw you guys. And the PGA store PGA tour just stood their ground and said, no, 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 we're going to do it our way. And we're going to keep tradition. They did it just. And I think part of that was the pressure they felt from the live tour as well, too. Mm. So there's that. That's always the fun stuff here. So uh, no comments, LeVar Arrington, on the, uh, the uh, live tour? You know, I'll just say I am a patriot, and I do love America. I love everything about us, say even the, the ugly, because, you know, you can't have the good without having the bad. And, you know, as it applies to golf, you know, those those uh, who took umbrage with, with the live tour and people who signed with it, I mean – it's it's understandable why people would be offended by it because of things that it's connected to. So yeah. I, this is kind of what I would go with. That's, but in terms of having an opinion about the sport itself, I you know I just say, I like the courses, uh, I like the clubhouses, I, I like uh, the drinks and the food and the golf carting around and the banter between friends and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, That's as far as I go with it, your point was well taken as you know, when it came to live golf and just sort of the background and, and the controversy there and um, like Brooks Kepka, for example, he's part of the live tour. And I believe that is, Oh yeah, that's LeVar's guy, Brooks Kepka. Well, who's, I mean, uh, from a hat leading. Just from, keep that in mind. It's okay. From a hat. All right. You drew yeah, that. That's my guy. That's my pick. That was drawn. Okay. Randomly. <laughs> from he, a hey, hat. When, when he, I mean, he was as, as good as anyone when in his prime. Now he, he had a, a knee injury as well, too. So he's yeah. kind of coming back from that. It doesn't like a quite, linebacker. I was just going to say, it doesn't quite look like the linebacker that everyone <laughs> built him out to be. God. Right. Okay. Why, if why if I was Drew LeVar, I would take offense to that. Like, <laughs> I would have taken He's really not built like a linebacker. At all. No, yeah, I mean, not even close. I mean, yeah, I it's disrespectful to the law linebackers. It yeah, really I is. So. Like, I, I agree. I just I wish I there was a contingent of linebackers who took it up with the PGA back when they were saying that about him. What does Brooks Kepka weigh, if you had to guess? 
if we're talking linebackers here, all right? Because I might, I might have a case. I, I don't care what he weights. Okay, well, let's, he I doesn't mean, look like a linebacker. Okay, you could weigh two hundred forty pounds and be a golfer. And that doesn't mean you're going to look, look like, like a, a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, he's two hundred five. Damn, I was going to say I thought he was one eighty five, uh, and I weighed in yesterday at one ninety two. So I was like, damn, that could have been. Uh, so maybe I could claim that I'm a linebacker too, but I still can't. That's unfortunate. So sorry, Lamar. I can't join the family. I was going to be part of the the linebacker family. It's a little stick city, but it's not happening. So uh, Brooks Kepka, six feet, two oh five. You know you'll get mad if I call you out on what you just did, but did I'm not. I'm not going to do it. What uh, you know? It was just so passive aggressive. What was passive aggressive? Oh, I was about almost it? big enough to be a linebacker. No, you're not. Okay. Well, I'm just don't. saying, if Brooks Kepka is a linebacker, bigger, why can't he, I be? Even if you were bigger, you're not a, like. Didn't you just hear what Q just said? That's messed up. He man. just said you could be in the 200 pound range and still not look like an LB. That's, All right, that's, who's the smallest linebacker you ever played with? Maybe Dexter Coakley. He's pretty small. And what was his? Let's see what did Dexter Coakley. And that's kind of my greater point is, let's say Dexter was 220. These dudes are jacked. Like, yeah. to the gills. Like, it, 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 there's no yeah. comparison. There is no comparison. Dexter Coakley was 5'10", 236. I mean, that's like a, a little battery. one. Yeah. That, that is like <laughs> a fire a, hydrant. That's like a Duracell. Which one's the, like the D a big battery? One. The D battery. The D yeah. battery, right? Like, they're just like a battery. Coming. There's no neck. All right? They got this head that sits on top of it. Like the, uh, what is that, the positive portion of the battery, yes. right? The positive yes, charge? Yes, the positive yeah. charge. That's like their head. The and they said, battery. no neck, just straight broad shoulders, wham. I st- London, I'll still London say this, Fletcher. Man. London Fletcher. Joe, look up Joe Mays. I got to play with Joe Mays in Denver. He hit someone so hard on an onside kick, and I can promise you. 5'11", 245, and oh my he's got a neck like a tree trunk. Joe was so yoked up. I'm sure he still is to this day because Joe had that mentality. He was just he, he worked hard, man. He, he lifted hard. He hit this dude so hard <laughs> at an onside kick. Because, like, that's what people don't understand about onside kicks, okay? There is one dude on the receiving team who's designated to catch it, and then there's one dude on the kicking team that's designated to knock that dude out. And everyone else who's lined up across from each other, they're just there to see if they can't knock the other dude out. Like, it, it is as old-school football as it gets, which is probably the reason why they're trying to get rid of the play. <laughs> but Joe hit this guy across from him. He wasn't the dude, you know, trying to hit the guy receiving. He was on, like, the front lines. Like, he was just trying to take someone out. He hit him so damn hard. I remember, I, I, you know, quarterback stayed in special teams meetings uh, for, for, like, field goal, PAT. And so we'd always kind of be in there to watch some of the stuff, even though we'd be, like, taking notes or talking about something else. He hit, he hit someone so hard. We were playing Kansas City. It literally knocked the player. He swayed from one end of the screen, like watching from the all-22s, from one end of the screen out of the frame, and then swayed back the other way across the screen and just dropped. <laughs> like, I'd never seen someone get hit that hard and, like, keep their feet for that long and then sway that far before being dropped. It would have been like a boxer taking like a, a, a hook to the head and then walking around the ring and stumbling and then finally dropping. It, it was, but that, that's a linebacker. Apparently oh, that's man. what they were uh, so doing. I brought up London Fletcher. I remember my, I want to say my rookie year we, we played and it was still the greatest show on turf. Um, and he was in the wedge. So it was kind of, it was a special teams deal and I was on kickoff and in college, I made my, my reputation off of blowing people up on kickoff, like blowing up wedges and stuff like that. So I was going towards the wedge. I was the five. I was on the hash marks. I'm going down the hash, and I see London Fletcher. I'm like, it's London Fletcher. I am about to destroy him. Like, I am going to assassinate. <laughs> That's not nice. Come on. What? I am going to assassinate smooth criminal style London Fletcher. I'm about to get him. I'm, I'm dialed in. He sees me. I see him. We are about to do it. I get to him and hit him with all my might. Boom. I'm like, hold on, wait, wait, wait a second. Why am I, why am I going down? Like, <laughs> I couldn't feel my legs. I couldn't, like, everything went numb. And he was standing there. He was still, like, he, he and then ran off. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But, but he didn't go down. I didn't blow him up. And I fell down. And that was when I realized 
Like there were a few things that helped you to realize that you're not dealing with college guys anymore and you're not playing at the college. Like when people say that you have transitioned and it's different and you have to adjust and adapt, there there were a few moments and that was one of them. And and, and it, it, it was a very humbling experience, to say the least. I thought I was about to knock him like five, six, seven yards in the air back into the ball carrier, like in the movies, like how I did it in college. And he went – not only did he not go anywhere, <laughs> but I went to the ground. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, I, like, couldn't, couldn't not go. Like, I went to the ground. So – that that I mean, yeah, five it, it, five ten punch. five ten two forty two. A lot of punch in that 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 little body. I will tell you that. Got to be careful. And what? Got to be London, more careful. London Fletcher played sixteen years. Jesus. Yeah, and still I isn't mean, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but, you know, know, linebackers are one thing too. Then you go to fullbacks and like that. You know, when you're talking about certain fullbacks, and I don't know why. Oh, Lorenzo Neal. Like oh, there's so, dudes like so, that. Yeah. Like that was his only job. <laughs> Was, was to, blow to you jack up. you up, like yeah. linebacker stuff, like cover and rush, do other things. You, I mean, you could be jack, but you still got pretty athletic. Like if when the old school fullbacks, Sam Gash, yeah, I was, you could speak to a Lavar. Like those dudes, yeah. just they were trying to, they were trying to kill you. Yeah, yeah. What about Lorenzo Neal was was an animal. So was Gash. Gash and Neal, they were, they were, they, yeah, they were animals. Is, was that the worst part of playing linebacker, or would you rather would you rather face a pulling guard or tackle? Or would you have rather gone up against a fullback with a full head of steam? Ooh, that that hurts more. Hitting a full a fullback like Zoe and and they're Gash. so low. They're like yeah, low to that, the ground. Yeah, that hurts more. What about Ironhead Hayward? I never played against him. Five eleven, two sixty. Cam yeah. Hayward's dad. Yeah, loved Ironhead back yeah, in the day. That little thingy. What? Remember he did the little Lufa commercial when Lufa's had just came out. <laughs> Wait, he what? Did that. I think Lufa's oh, been you around for a while. You got to find the commercial, man. You got to find the commercial, man. Lee, can we find Ironhead Hayward's commercial? Uh, calling it a little thingy. It's a little thingy. <laughs> he was like in the shower. He was doing a commercial. About? He was like in the shower. Really? Yes. Oh, that's uh, yes. interesting. I, I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so there it is. Uh, we go live to our. I've got an update on Ironhead's Lufa commercial insider. Lead to laugh for the latest, Lee. I am watching it currently. What's yeah. with the little thingy? I'm Ironhead Hayward. I'm used to challenges, and I challenge you to try Zest Deodorant Body Wash. Now I hear you snickering. But Ironhead, aren't body washes for ladies? Ow. Listen, chump. Zest doesn't have heavy moisturizers. But Ironhead, what's with this thingy? Lather Builder works Zest Body Wash to give you twice the fresh smelling lather of this bar. And well, it rinses cleaner, <laughs> so you're cleaner, more refreshed, period. Zest Body Wash. Zest. There you go. Uh, so well, well done. done. Yeah, there you go. Well done, <laughs> What's yeah. with the little thingy? What's with this little thingy? By the way, who uses just a bar of soap anymore? Doesn't everybody use a loofah? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. How old is that commercial? Oh, uh, that's old. That's, that's what old. I'm wondering. Like, how old were you when you first saw it? <laughs> 97. That was 97. 90. No way. It's got to be older than 97. No, no. 97 sounds about right. I was really? in high school. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, 97. He wasn't still... that much older than than me. Yeah, he wasn't that much older than me. Yeah, 97. That's and, about right. And his sons are doing well. Cam Hayward. Yeah. Great career. Connor's on the uh, – is he still on the Steelers? I think Connor Hayward's still on, on the Steelers. They were both he? on the same team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they uh, – yeah, they uh, good careers for both of them. And uh, the great Greg Ironhead Hayward filming a soap commercial in the late 90s. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Uh, but it is Football Friday, so I think that works. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Him Sex Chews and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Speaking of somebody who may be out of a job, but willingly so, coming up here pretty quickly, Tyreek Hill, he made some noise. And so you're probably thinking, you know, on a Masters Friday, why are we going to talk about NFL? Oh, that's because, as always, it's still a football Friday. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Friday night is a football Friday. Come on. Yeah. It is a football Friday here on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> and Tyreek Hill is the subject of this topic of conversation because Tyreek Hill uh, spoke yesterday. And it, it's always encouraging when somebody is predicting when they're going to retire and there's still seemingly plenty of football to go. But he spoke with Dieter and Sherm Dieter. on uh, WHB. In Kansas City yesterday, and Big talked term. about <laughs> talked about uh, what his future could look like. Here was the Dolphins wide receiver. I'm going for ten, man. I'm gonna I'm finish out this contract with the Dolphins, man, and then I'm gonna call it quits. You know, I want to I want to go into the business side. I want like I want to do so many things in my life, bro. I really want to get into like the gaming space. Like I'm, I really want to get huge in, in that, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm using my platform, um, creating the gaming team, which isn't launched yet. It should launch by the end of this month. So running gaming, I'm, I'm gonna just sign like different content creators, different athletes. So I have a question for you: If he finds himself in a couple of years at the end of this contract on the brink of say a thousand receptions, which is doable. Only 14 guys in the history of the league have done it, or he's at on the brink of getting to the 13,000 receiving yards mark, which is top 20 all time. Is he really going to walk away and say, I want to go play video games? Like I, I'm not Why buying you it. it like that. Like yeah, I'm just like you're that close to being in in rarefied air in the NFL, and you're gonna walk away because you want to go play Super Mario Kart. Come on, dude. Like what are we doing here? Like if this is an opportunity for him. You don't walk away. There's too much money there. I'm not buying it. Not for one second. How about I that? I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. If you ask me, like four four All Pros, first team. If if all of that's accurate, four times. First team, second team, one time, seven time Pro Bowler. I mean, he's a, and he has a Super Bowl championship on his resume. That's that's a, that's a Hall of Fame career. I don't know if it's first ballot, but I mean, that's definitely Hall of Fame accolades, uh, accomplishments. I mean, some people listen. I played seven years. I mean, some people. Some people, when it's when they feel like it's time, it's time. Like it, everybody isn't going for twenty-year careers. 
I mean, it's just it, it is what it is, right? You you do it, and and some people say, look, you do it until they kick you out, because it's, it's they say it's the easiest money that, that you'll you'll ever make. Now, for for others, there there are things that become more important, you know, and and some people it's family that becomes more important to them. Some people it's business. Some people it's education. Like everybody has different motivations. And and so I, I think you can look at it and you can say, if you make a fully vested career in the National Football League, you won. You're playing with house money because you're going to be able to get your pension and different things like that. Um, but some people, their, their idea, my idea was to have a Hall of Fame career. It was not to play 20 years, you know, and I, I wanted to get in and I wanted to get out. And and so, you know, I, I blew my Achilles tendon and at year seven, I was like, you know, this is it. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, this is this is, you know, no way I'm not going through this pain. I'm not going through these surgeries anymore. I'm just not I'm not doing it anymore. So uh, it just depends on what a person's uh, what their motivations are. Yeah. I mean, you know, he talks a lot in this interview about, you know, what he's into off the field and he's 29 years old. I, I always felt like this. Once NFL players get to around 30, they start viewing football and life and everything different. You know, when you get out of college, it's the only thing that matters to you. You know, you're just getting the league. This is your dream. You're living out your dream. It's the greatest thing in the world, especially at that point in time in your life. And, I mean, still, to this, to this day, I'd say it's, it's the greatest thing in the world. Like, I, I, I mean, full disclosure, like I, I told Jonas this the other day when we were talking on the phone, like everything after playing in the NFL for me, it's hard and not saying that I'm not passionate about it, but it's hard to have the same type of passion because it's not what I dreamt of as a little kid. You know, it's, it's not the Browns, you know, poster and, and stuff that I had up in my room as a kid and the Notre Dame stuff that I had up as a kid. You know, so it, it hits different. Hold on a second. You mean to tell me you didn't grow up dreaming one day that you could do the BQ News every Wednesday on Fox Sports Radio? <laughs> I mean, that is a great point. That did come along okay. at some point as right. part of the no. dream. But that was it was not the dream at that point. Hmm. Uh, as, I, as I slept in that little bed, I had like one of those beds that was like a little car type thing um, that my parents got me. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Until I hit my head on the top of that damn thing getting out. But <laughs> and it, the, the point is is it is the coolest thing in the world. And then as you start playing in the league, and for me it was a mixture of you know not performing the way I wanted to, injuries, coaching changes. I mean, I had, what, two coaches and, and two general managers in the span of three years just in Cleveland. You know, I get traded to Denver. I lose the coach who traded for me 12 games into that season. And, and next thing you know, I got another head coach. And, and like it seemed like you're, you're just going – I mean, can I just get some stability here? And, and some of that's probably you know my mistake for not signing back in Denver and, and being there. But I just, I wanted more of a chance to play when I got to year six in Kansas City, and I thought there was a better chance there, and there, and there was. But you know things didn't go the way we had hoped. But um, the the point is this: is you know there's a lot of things that then factor into your career. And the interesting thing about Tyree Kill is at this point. His career's gone pretty damn well. Like, I mean, he has been the – first off, for people who don't know, he was a tra- he transitioned from running back to receiver. And because of his elite speed coming out of college, and obviously he had some other you know, issues during that time in his life. But once he got to the league as far as a football player, he's really adapted and become, as you know, LeVar said, one of the best receivers in the game. And, but he hasn't had really many injuries. Like, he's been pretty healthy. He's had a clean bill of health. Everything's gone really well, about as well as you would have hoped. So, you know, his perspective at this point is probably like, well, I got my Super Bowl. I've had a career that's arguably going to be, you know, Hall of Fame worthy at some point in in those discussions. So I'm going to finish out this deal, which by the end of – by the end of the deal, he would have made $180 million. You know, he said three more seasons to get to year 10 – which is probably more likely, and, and he'll make 135 million by then in his career. Um, his last year, he's he's slated to make 45 million. They'll probably have to in Miami make some sort of adjustment and put on some voided years or something if he was going to play that last year. But 
the point is he's made nine figures. He's, he's done extremely well. He's done everything you asked him to do. If he wants to hang it up after 10 years and he's got this other platform with gaming built up and he's built out his team, so be it. You know, go be happy. Go, go do that next thing. By the way, what a what a uh, year he had last year. I think everybody thought maybe if he left Patrick Mahomes, he'd have a little bit of a downturn or he just wouldn't put up the same production. That was the best season of his career. Like last year with the Dolphins, Tyreek had the best season of his career. And it's almost one of those deals where Kansas City didn't miss a beat. They won a Super Bowl, and he went on and he had when, 119 catches, 1,700 yards. He was unbelievable. Yeah. When's the last time we've seen a trade work out where both sides it really worked out for? Hmm. The only one I can think of is recently Bill's Vikings that turned into Justin Jefferson and so, yeah, Stephon yeah, Diggs. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the true. only one. That's a good one. Like, th- like he was fantastic last year. And I don't know that a lot of people, you know, thought that that was going to be the case. He also, uh, they're playing at Kansas City, Miami is this year. Oh, yeah. And that's going to get a little bit spicy. Because I, I don't know if he, was he really talking trash last year? Or was he just really trying to pump up his current quarterback in, into a tug of Iloa? Because it seemed like it was, it wasn't in bad faith. He wasn't taking direct shots maybe at Andy Reid from what I can remember or Patrick Mahomes. But he did he did mention that they're going to go into Kansas City and they're going to give him everything they got. And it's going to be you know a little bit of a... Little... Which, of course, by the way, you would assume that. I mean, wouldn't you assume that should be every week yes. you're playing with that mentality? I mean, that, yeah. that's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, going back. And we're going to give him everything we got. It's like, well, yeah. the next week, don't you want to give him everything you got? Well, yeah, we will for that one, too. Yeah. I don't ever give without trying to give everything I got. That's what I'll tell you. I yeah. Mean, that's yeah. that's like a mentality. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Like on the who, field, off the field, Lavar's. I right mean, right. why would you why would you give some of what you got? Yeah. You know? I mean if <laughs> you're gonna if you they say show your wares, is that what yep. they say? Empty like, the yeah. empty the tank. Empty the tank. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, don't play around with that stuff. You, I, you wanna leave an impression. I kind of summarized and gave a generic uh you know, a, a quote there from Tyreek Hill. The actual quote was, guess what we're going to do? I hate to say it, man. I hate to throw up the peace side again against y'all. I hate to do it. But guess what? I'm going to be y'all worst enemy that day. I'm going to be y'all worst enemy that day. I love so more specific. When, when guys <laughs> that, read that sound, quotes. Did that sound natural? It's so funny. Like, you know who the funniest is when Dan Patrick does it. It is the it's the funniest. The latest one I heard Dan do was when he he read Lamar Jackson's tweets. <laughs> Which by the way, those have so many grammatical errors. It's tough oh to do. Oh my god. It's funny whoa, as whoa. hell cuz I can to, hear to Lamar talking. grammatical errors. Maybe That's correct. Just, yeah, maybe there you go. There you go. Thank you, Q. That is true. Thank you for pointing that out. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, by the way, uh, we are brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com forward slash match. So we're going to have another edition of In Case You Missed <laughs> It coming up here shortly. <laughs> you want to hear it again? Yeah, no, no, it. no. Right. You want to hear it again? Come on, let's hear it again. Let's hear it again. <clears throat> Chiefs Kingdom. When the Miami Dolphins come to Arrowhead Stadium this year, guess what we going to do? Guess what we going to do? I hate to say it, man. I hate to throw up the peace sign against y'all. I hate to do it, but guess what? I'm going to be y'all worst enemy that day. I'm going to be y'all worst enemy that day. Wait, so are you repeating it, or is he repeating in the text? <laughs> I'm just I'm just reading the quote. I know. I'm saying, like, so he repeated, like, a couple things in there a couple times. Right? Yes. <sighs> he repeated them. I, I read uh, quote for quote right there. That word was everything. For word. Yeah, everything word I got for it. Word. Yeah. From one quote, from yeah. one, one, one quotation bars. mark to the last. Yeah, I was dropping bars. That's what oh, I was doing. That, those were bars. Yeah. That's how oh, I operate. Those were bars. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcast.
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter's coming. Here in L.A., that means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires, all-weather tires, and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to you at home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're the experts. That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be so cam newton would like to get back in the nfl and obviously former mvp of the league had a great run but he hasn't he wasn't in the league last year and it's been kind of a a downward trend for cam newton over the past couple of years he showed up at auburn's pro day wanted to be show everybody he could still make some throws can we pause before we get to like what he said recently yeah I'm more curious, like, what the consensus is. Like, do you guys think that it's more him just not wanting to take on a role where he's going to be designated as a backup and maybe the money's not right? Or do you think it's it's maybe – I mean, one of the things that I think Cam does is he, he pumps out – I think the videos are sweet. He puts out a lot of good content, uh, whether it's like an interview or if he's working out. But there's also a lot of teams, and we've seen this before, where, like, when you're not the guy – Teams don't want the backup to be doing that. Like they just want you to be like a shadow, you know. They they, they want you to be a, a shadow of the guy who is the guy until it's your turn to play, and then you can take over. But like, do you think it's more that, or do you think it's just maybe more Cam and and him not wanting to take a discount or take a role that's where he's not the starter, especially after being an MVP? I think it's more that. I th- I think the loudest guy in the room can't be the guy who's not playing. You know, it's like the buddy who's not going to fight, but he's talking, he's running his mouth, and Cam's Cam's loud. Not meaning, you know, in an actual literal, oh, literal way. Well, no, just in. in <laughs> what do you the, mean by that, Jonas? You know, uh, if what, he what goes, if he goes and, and backs up a quarterback, a lot of the conversation's going to be about the former MVP who's backing you up. I just think some guys just aren't good fits for that. And, but that doesn't always equate. Like a former MVP is your backup. That's a problem. That doesn't always. Well, like Tim Tim Tebow is a backup. Tim Tebow is a backup. A terrible idea, I think. Uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick is a backup. Terrible idea, I think. Well, here's the here's the truth. It's a fine line because I've said this before. There's some guys who are great backups. You don't know why? Because they don't actually want to (laughs) play. They don't actually want to get the game and play. Wait, what? They would just want to sit there, hold a clipboard, and make a lot of money, and then they want to keep pumping up the guy who started. I swear to God, like this is the case. You will find some guys who they don't want to play, 
when they do want to play, they want to do it in the preseason. Because they know they're going to go in there, a bunch of backups, and they're going to be able to dice it up, put up a bunch of stats, put on some good tape, and then still look the part. I mean, there's countless guys you've seen that have done that and have hung on for a long time buddying up to the starter. That's just the reality. When there's, when there's a solidified starter on a roster, he doesn't want some a-hole coming in and every single day challenging him. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want a distraction. He doesn't, he's not trying to compete with some dude on the roster. He's competing for a Super Bowl. He's, he's focused on everything else. So he doesn't need a distraction or someone who's not helping him prepare or, help, or, or doing the things that he needs them to do. And so there's plenty of guys who would do that. It's like some of, the, some of the names you just gave, like Tim Tebow, super competitive guy. He wants to play. He wants a shot. That's how he always was. Same thing with Cam Newton. He's MVP. He's been to a Super Bowl. You, I mean, I'm sure. I, I can guarantee you, and, and he said it publicly, he knows he's better than some of the other guys who are probably starting in today's game. And he's probably not wrong. But other teams don't see it the same way. And so there's, there's a fine line to this. And, and organizations know it too. Like they don't want to bring a guy in there who's going to bring down the mood because he's not playing. You know, they want a guy who, who sits in there and is going to be, you know, quiet but, but speak up with something when spoken upon and able to, you know, help give them some help with some of their experience and things they've seen. But, but taking on a much different role. But that's just the truth of it, man. I mean, what coach or organization would want – a player on their team that doesn't think they're better than the person that's in front of them. I mean, that would be my the, the first thing that you would 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 throw out there. But then the 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 idea of it is is those names that you named, Jonas. All right, Kaepernick, Cam Newton, Tim Tebow. It's the presence. That's what makes saying I'm I'm better than these starters out here. That's what makes it. It, it takes the the stakes very high. By the way, you like how I threw Tebow in there, so I couldn't. They couldn't come after me. You know what I, I mean, mean we yeah. we've truly have made this kind of like a uh, a deal. Like you know, this has become <laughs> a deal. Uh, anyway, the, I mean, it it you did throw <laughs> Tim Tebow in there. I did. But, I mean, clear sailing from here. I'm good. <laughs> I what up, went, teams? I, I could have went down a road that would have been a no. Go down that road. Please. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to stay focused on my point. The point is, is that those guys are a presence media-wise. You know, like outside of just being dominant presence, where guys are going to be followers to them, not just teammates to them. They're going to be followers. All three of them. I'm going to follow. Cam Newton. I am a follower of Tim Tebow. I am a follower of Colin Kaepernick. So now you're creating a, a, a unnecessary risk of sorts. It's a risk by by dividing your locker room because it's a guarantee at some point your starter is going to have a poor game. He's going to have a poor showing. It's guaranteed. Like it just it happens. The moment you have a poor showing, you know what everybody's going to do? They're going to be looking like, why ain't, why, why ain't Cam playing? Yo, yo, what's up with Tim? Why isn't Tim Tebow playing? Why, why are they up against Tim? Oh, we know why they're up against Cap. Like, man, come on, Cap. Like, they need yeah. to play Cap. And then once that starts, it's over. It's over. Because now you're looking at your starter like, come on, dog. Like, it. Really? Like, everybody's starting to talk. Everybody's looking at each other. And then now your fans are doing it. And now your, your media is doing it. And, and now you have a mess. Isn't that kind of, if you just think about that, isn't that kind of odd that in the one place in the NFL where you don't want to have a really, really, really good player is at backup quarterback? Like that's it's almost like the one place where you you don't want to you don't want anybody to feel threatened and it's at that one place because it would cause that sort of an issue. Like that's just, it's just kind of odd how that works because everywhere else it feels like there's competition and, and Brady's talked about this before. Like why do they why do they go on the cheap so to speak so much with the backup quarterback? Why wouldn't you want to bring in somebody or you know the three quarterback rule and all this? It's like from starter it. from starter to backup is such I, a drop off in so many places. I lived that my rookie year. Brad Johnson was our starter. Jeff George was our backup. Hallitzer. 
Bro, to exactly. Exactly. Throw a wall right now. If you want to it, y'all, y'all both commented about the backup. <laughs> right. Think about that. And you're right. That man's arm was crazy. Like, I mean, it, here's the point. Brad Johnson was a dope starter and went on Bowl. to win a Super Bowl the yeah. very next year. So it, it's it's kind of like I, when you have that going on in the locker room, you want to know what happened? It's like, man, I'm cool with Brad. We were here with Brad. We are the old guard. Like, there's a new owner. He's bringing in his new people, da-da-da, this, that, and the other. Guys that have been a part of this team making it to the, the playoffs, doing pretty well, trending in the right direction. They're getting they're getting unseated. They're they're losing their jobs to the guys that the new owner wants to be a part of, that, that they, they want them to play. And and now you you bring in Jeff George. We're in we're in practices. We're in OTAs, and clearly Jeff George's arm is better than Brad Johnson's. Clearly, well, and Brad Johnson most people in the league. <laughs> and, and and but but Brad Johnson is the guy, right? And the first sign of any type of trouble that Norv had, he had to put the guy that the owner wanted on the team. He had to put him in the game. It was not the right decision. Because while Jeff George's arm was super dope, and I love Jeff George, I, like a lot of people didn't like him. I thought Jeff was cool. He was always cool to me. But the moment you put Jeff George in, you lost half of that locker room. Yeah. And you took away really the leadership value that Brad Johnson had established. Like you took it away. And and so when you have a talented backup that's as talented, if not better, than your starter, you are taking a serious se- – I don't even know if it's necessary risk. You are taking a serious risk by having that type of a talent on your bench behind as a backup. Like that's just – even if they were the most humble dude in the world – even if they were like just because Tim Tebow's a humble dude. I mean, so if you're talking about they're loud and this and that, well, maybe the guy isn't loud. But if his game is loud, if his game is good, if he's got a game, you're putting yourself in, in danger having that type of guy as your backup. I think people can misconstrue um, like actions and words, right? There's guys who are verbally loud. and There's guys whose actions create noise. And that's. Th- those are both things that, again, an organization doesn't want. They, you know, they, they don't want that out of their backup. Again, they, they want to be a shadow. They want to be like Peter Pan's shadow, bro. He's going to fall. He's going to fall and start around. That that's it, and be able to go in there and, and be serviceable. But Jonas said, I didn't mean to um, distract from no. the comments. Good that conversation. Because it, it, it's it's an in- it's interesting the teams that he laid out that he'd be willing to back up or the quarterbacks he'd be willing to back up. So according to Cam Newton. The list of quarterbacks that he would be willing to back up are Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Tua Tagovailoa, Malik Willis, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Sam Howell, and including they're all black. The, the rookie. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not really. every last one of them is all black. I mean, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't have the greatest TV in the world, but Josh Allen doesn't appear to, uh, yeah, to fill know. that he, list. He likes getting to me. Uh, or Sam Howell. But, um, but, there, <laughs> but there is uh, – he did list, you know, some of the rookies coming into the NFL quarterback, uh, Cam Newton, uh, the rookies that he would be willing to back up. Uh, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. Uh, All black. A little bit <laughs> racist. <laughs> Everything black. Brady. Uh, I mean – Was he not a Will Levis fan? <laughs> Like, let me tell you something. They're going to be rioting in Lexington if Will Levis's name does not pop up. Uh, Will Levis is too jacked up. Right here, right? He's he's too jacked up to be to be good at quarterback, mind I mean, you. One of the most jacked up, the biggest Adonis that I've ever seen and played against Cam. is Cam Newton. Oh, my like, gosh. No that one said that about ridiculous. Cam Newton when he came out, but apparently Will Levis is too jacked up. I mean, Cam's won an MVP. He's won the NFC Conference. He's won a lot of games, played a lot of good football, but apparently, you know, he wasn't too <laughs> jacked up. 
I just that whole thing, that whole <laughs> narrative, man. And, and you know, it's funny. Like it comes from agents. It comes from other players' agents trying to knock down other guys so their guy can shine. Which is like so high school gossipy, like clicky, just immature and stupid. You know, like there's enough of an opportunity for all these guys to get drafted. You don't need to badmouth other guys and make stuff up that other teams said. And, and it's just, I, I hate that narrative. I do. It's kind of, uh, if he's looking, if he really wants back in the NFL that bad, why eliminate? the opportunities elsewhere. Two-thirds of the league? Yeah. It's like, to me, I, I just feel way, like... He's backing up Malik Willis, so he wants to be third string in Tennessee? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, Malik Willis at the starter there. I mean, ah, it's, ah, it's ah, Ryan Tannenhill, so ah, ah, is that how that works? <laughs> yeah, what does that say about Ryan Tannehill? What's the backup? All right, will be the backup to the backup. You'll be back to the backup in Tennessee, apparently. Yeah, Ooh. a lot of... Uh, but it did seem like there was a theme there, I don't know, for, for some of those. As uh, Lavar pointed out, wouldn't be clear. Lavar pointed that. I, out. I hope. I hope he does get an opportunity to get back. I love Cam I, Newton. First off, and by the way, he is one of the better thirty-two quarterbacks. Yes. Right? Like bottom line, he is. I, I know his game might not be the same as what it used to be. You know, because he's not as, as young, and maybe not quite as as mobile as he used to be. But the reality is, he's right. He 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 probably is better than some of the guys out there playing. And I, I hope someone gives him an opportunity, or I hope at least he takes the opportunity to take something that, you know, is maybe against what he wants, but to help him have an opportunity to improve himself and prove himself right. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 